Hello, and welcome to Making It, a podcast about making things with your bare hands, hosted by Jimmy Daresta, Bob Cleggett, and myself, David Picciuto. And we're going to get this started by talking about what we're working on. Jimmy, what you got going on? Uh, well, I got a couple of videos that I've been working on. I don't have any like crazy, crazy client work, uh, but I just built uh, a box. If you guys follow my Instagram, you'll notice I did this thing with kind of small box joints, and uh, it's kind of cool. It's a gift for a celebrity. I was hired by a friend to make this gift for a celebrity. So I'm excited and uh, I am making a video about it. And as soon as I'm able to say who it was for and what it was a Christmas gift, so I can't obviously reveal anything, we'll post the video until after Christmas. But uh, I'm excited about that and I just worked on that today. And so it's, it's that box joint video, uh, excuse me, it's that box joint picture on my Instagram. I would imagine that celebrity listens to this podcast, right? <laughs> Most likely. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> no, uh, hopefully he will after he finds out I made it for him. No, but it's uh, it's cool. It's a cool it's a cool little gig and and so far the person who hired me is extremely happy. Cool. So. Do you do you do any Christmas gifts for friends and family like making stuff in your shop? Honestly, not too much. I I, I thankfully I am in a I am in a situation where Christmas gifts are not really necessary. Like I have no children. My nieces and nephews don't expect anything from me, which is great. And uh, But I did get Taylor a set of chisels this week from Lee Valley. And, and since she nice. opens my mail, she opened the box and goes, oh, look, they sent you chisels. I said, well, that was for you. Was <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the chisels that are like uh, the relief carving chisels that I think um, it's the handle with like the three little rings and the like, three little bumps in the middle. So I, it's... The, the the chisel is in the handle as opposed to the chisel being over the handle. Gotcha. Yeah. So, cool. Bob, what are you working on? I just finished up a bed. This is actually like the biggest project for a video I think I've ever done. And I, I posted earlier on Twitter that I've collated the footage for it so far. It's not even really finished. There's still a bunch of other short things I have to do. But I have almost two hours of footage to start editing. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I just did that with the oh. Crown Royal. It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So the next several days, I got to have the video up on Monday so or on Sunday. So next several days are going to be like crazy editing. But it, anyway, it's a king-size bed, and it's got storage, uh, three drawers on each side that pull out. And the whole thing is faced with some um, like 12-inch barnwood that I got from Kentucky from Ooh. my grandparents. Nice. So yeah, it's really nice, big slabs of oak. So. Is that the wood that you were gluing back together on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah. It's a nice long piece, but it had a split from both ends that almost met in the middle. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was staying together, but just barely. Like, you could flex it and it would snap in half. So, yeah, I had to, like, glue the entire thing back together. <laughs> yeah. That's but. what it's like when you work with recycled wood and stuff. Sometimes it's just split. You just glue it back together, and it was like it was never broken. Yeah, and it's it's getting all braced. You know, it's just wrapping this bed, so it's braced from the backside and everything. So it's not going to take any weight or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, so I I did that, and then in the process of this, this morning, I decided to well, a couple weeks ago, I decided to have some <coughs> electrical work done in my shop to have some more circuits added. And the electrician called this morning and said, "Hey, I'm free. Can I come do it now?" And so, in the middle of this build. My shop just got turned upside down. Everything is like on top of the table. Everything's pulled away from the walls. It's a complete mess. So tomorrow I get to edit and rebuild my shop. Oh, wow. oh it's wonderful. So I'm going from running my entire shop off of one 15-amp circuit to two 20-amp circuits. Yeah. So 
That's a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Do you have any 220 power tools? No, I don't. No. I've kind of avoided them, actually, because I didn't want to have to deal with it. Yeah, that's the reason I bought the table saw that I did. Like, uh, in reality, I wish I would have got the 220 one because of my situation now. I needed to stick to, to 110. As far as how big the, the bed is, uh, is your shop big enough to build these big projects? Oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. Not even close. <laughs> no, the way I built it was it, it, each side is a cabinet. Um, and then there's some cross braces that go through the middle. So I was able to build each one of the cabinets in the space that I had and then take them and the braces up to the bedroom and, you know, screw it all together. So, yeah, I have the same problem as far as I, I think the wide angle lens makes my shop look bigger than what it is, but I have yeah. no room. Yeah. yeah, I got I just built that Crown Royal ball, which I posted the video and I didn't get a chance to see it together until I put it together on the location. And I had this like extremely like my heart fell into my pants because I looked up and I realized I thought I made a dramatic error oh, in no. measuring. <laughs> and then I, I realized if you notice in the last piece, me and the guys climb up on the ladder and put literally the last part on the top of the middle light box. I, it was still packed in the box and I looked up and I was like, oh my God, it's lower. It's supposed to be higher. I really for a minute thought, like that's was the finish piece. It just <laughs> anyway. It's just because I hadn't assembled it yet, and that's how right. I thought it was. That was so it's a pain in the butt not being able to stage stuff until you're right there. It's really scary. Yeah, that's a huge bar that you that you built. Yeah, it was well. The back bar was uh, was uh, nine feet high and, and twelve feet wide altogether. Yeah, list. I know. I couldn't even. I could barely stand one of those pieces up in my shop. I mean, the light box. You saw how much room it took up in the actual workshop, and that was. A lot of people commented and said, did you ever get stuck with something in the workshop? Of course, we, Dave and I actually do dry runs. We literally carry something out before it has to be carried out to make sure we can carry it out on the delivery day. And that was one thing that we did do. We carried the light box up and out and made sure there was enough airspace around it because oh, we wow. did add another four-inch piece on the whole back. And so the, the delivery day, we, we carried it up first thing in the morning to make sure we can get it out. And I might have mentioned we had it all screwed together in the event that it didn't fit with the few final pieces so that we could dismantle it. But we got it up and out, and we had to put it in the crate on the sidewalk. <laughs> Does that draw a lot of attention? No, I mean, no one cares. This is Manhattan. You could literally be, you know, I, I, I was driving in Midtown today, past two guys fist fighting on the corner, and nobody, <laughs> nobody was paying any attention. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what does Crown Royal do with these displays once they're done? They have a giant warehouse in uh, New Jersey, and uh, this marketing firm that I that I work for that works for them. They keep everything at this big giant warehouse, and so I was I visited there when I dropped off some Johnny Walker stuff recently, and uh, it's a big warehouse just full of displays and everything's stretch wrapped and wrapped in blankets and stuff. So it's got the Ark of the Covenant hidden in there too. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> at least a prototype or at least a prop of it. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> with a logo on it. <laughs> Some liquor or logo on it. <laughs> David, what have you been working on? Here in our living room, we just got all new furniture and, and new carpet and everything. And I didn't like the way my speakers looked for our entertainment center. They're Sony speakers and they're less than a year old. So this week I took them down into the shop and I took a jigsaw and chopped them all up. And I'm rebuilding the casing for them. And using hickory and, and walnut plywood to get this contrasting look. It was kind of a scary moment because the speakers 
although not real expensive, they were ex- expensive enough to me to actually like that that first plunge with the mm. the jigsaw into it. I'm like, I hope I'm not destroying anything. I'm hoping because it's all glued together. You can't take them apart the way that the way they're made. Right. And um, uh, I'm almost done with that. I will have a video on it on on Friday. It's not a how to video. It's more of just a hey, look what I did type video. You know. Mm. And cool. I'm very happy with the result. It's going to look good. And that's going to lead to another project is I'm actually going to take my turntable uh, in a couple weeks and I'm going to get rid of the, it's a audio technica and, and I'm going to get rid of the plastic casing and I'm going to do a wood body for that as well. So cool. Oh, yeah. Right on. yeah I want to, I don't know what this is called up, upscaling. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I want to take some of the things that I have and and just tear apart the cases and and make new bodies for it i got a couple i picked up a couple old clocks from the antique stores a couple months ago with the idea of making a wood body for them i want i think it's just something i want to get more into you know Hmm. just that's good it's a good it's a real good excuse for a project just to take something and just revamp the whole thing completely just use the electronics or whatever it might be yeah it's a really good idea speaking of electronics have you have you um looked into your the new make electronics book that you got that you were talking about uh yeah i uh, i got uh so bob mentioned i got the make electronics book which is kind of like a getting started in very basic electronics and i got as far as to where i actually start need to build something and i asked my wife for the kits for christmas uh, so I, I don't know if I should buy the supplies that I need or if I should wait till <laughs> Christmas. I think, I, I think she actually got me something else. So I'm not going to progress with that until after Christmas when I know right. that I can start buying myself things again. So are, are you going to start with the Arduino? Is that, is that what you're going to No, no, uh, even more simple than that. Just like breadboard wires, oh, uh, cool. nine volt batteries and stuff. And then I want to oh, move wow. to like Arduino and raspberry Pi stuff. And right on. those two things have different applications. And as we'll talk about later on in the show, that's some of my, my goals in 2015 is getting into some, some things I'm not, I'm not very comfortable with. So, yeah, that's great. That's really cool. So the, the subject of today's podcast is we're going to start with a little conversation about looking back at 2014 and some of the things we've accomplished and then looking forward to 2015, some of the things we would like to try and accomplish. Bob, uh, would you like to start the conversation? Yeah, sure. Um, looking back, the, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this ahead of time a little bit. And 2014 for me has been one of the craziest years of my entire life in a good way. Uh, I've just had a lot of, you know, personal growth and a, a personal change, you know, like kind of refining and defining what I want out of my time and, uh, you know, prioritizing. I've gotten better at prioritizing. And that's been forced almost by the fact that I'm just piling things onto my life. And that sounds bad when I say it. But over the last year, I've decided more of the, th- the things that I really want to value and the stuff that it's really important to me to spend my time on. And, you know, that's my family is a big part of that that was already there. But then you know, my videos and my website and all that stuff is, is becoming a much bigger priority. And so the, as I add more things, I start, have, I've had to start to tear away some stuff too. You know, I've found some things that I've had to put to a lower priority and had to put them, you know, they get less attention now. And, but so just in general, it's been, it's been a really interesting year for me to 
prioritize my time and prioritize the stuff that is worth pursuing for the future. I don't know if that makes sense. But, you know, it's easy to to look at like right now and say the things that are important to me in this very moment are important to me for X reason. But over this last year, I've found that I'm defining the stuff that's important to me now for how it's going to affect me next year, five years, 10 years. Mm-hmm. whatever and that's that's Makes been sense. really interesting you know that's that's kind of a new thing for me um but i've just you know I've, I've met tons of new people i mean you guys you know i've met just tons of other creators on youtube and gotten to be good friends with people that i have never met in real life and you know there's there's been uh, a lot of really crazy opportunities and really crazy stuff that's happened over this last year so it's been it's been pretty wild but what yeah. about you david I'd have to say that 2014 is the absolute best year of my life. Uh, you know, I started out, I, uh, beginning of the year, I was working for an ad agency and in January I started the weekly wrap ups and it kind of snowballed. It started to take off and people started to watch it. And then I started to do some project videos. And before you know it, I was like, Hey, I think I want to do this full time. And so at the end of June, I quit my job and now I make, I guess I'm a YouTuber slash blogger for a living and I work for myself. I, I make less money. I think there's a, there's this, um, people think like the, these YouTubers, they, they're, they're making all kinds of money and they have all kinds of free time because they just make a video one day <laughs> and then they have six days off and, uh, qu- <laughs> yeah, qu- right. quickly finding out that is not the case. I work yeah. way more hours than I did before, but it doesn't feel like work. Cause I love absolutely everything that I do about making the videos, the filming, the editing, uh, the projects, the uh, the back and forth with the community, I just I just love all that. So, definitely the best decision I've ever made in my life was to quit my job. Even though I love my job, I love those guys, and I work with such creative people, and I learned so much from them. But best decision I ever ever made. Never would have dreamed I would I'd be where I'm at. This is like winning a lottery. So, um, what that means is I can't work. 89 hours a week for the rest of my life. So I got to, I got to figure <laughs> out how to organize myself a little bit better. So, you know, when you, when you start working for yourself, you got to kind of figure out what's working and what's not working and, and, uh, make some audibles and I'm working on that right now. And I got married. So that was, that was a big plus. Yeah. I, yeah. And, uh, I, when I, um, I talked in my, uh, the weekly wrap ups, you know, I, I mentioned that, starting this YouTube blogging thing was uh, my biggest accomplishment. And there was a lot of people that said, uh, your wife's going to be unhappy about you saying that because you got I married. Saw that. <laughs> and I, saw I was that. like, no, because getting married was just like the, the next natural progression in our life. And it was just a real, it was a real easy thing to do. Uh, quitting your job and working for yourself is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. So, mm. you know, 2014, absolutely great and i'm hoping 2015 will be even even better because i got i got big plans i got a book deal that's that was crazy that's one of the things that that started this back in the spring i got a book deal and where are you with the book i know you had to deliver chapters on a weekly basis uh yeah no i will man i wish we were done the book comes out in august and august 2015 and I'm working on chapter two right now. Chapter one just got finalized as far as like layout, 
and um, pictures and cut lines. Awesome. And so we're using that as a template for all the the following chapters. So mm-hmm. all the other chapters will, will be much easier, except yeah, the projects yeah. are more difficult. So, right. but yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool process. Um, it's one of those things like, oh, this is taking up a lot of time. I didn't know it was going to take this much time to, to work on a book, but it, it, it's a lot of work. Um, the publisher is Springhouse Press and they are some awesome creative people. They have great feedback and great ideas. So, very cool. Yes. Jimmy. Well, um, well, 2014, I can't complain. Uh, I, I got a lot done this year. I, I, I obviously get a lot done on a weekly basis, but when I look back at the whole year, you and I were talking just before we began and, and, uh, David said to me, do you remember where we were last year? And last year I was building a restaurant and I was very proud of the work I did, but Every single time I had to go up to Midtown with my car and bring somebody with me to sit in my car, I was, we they wanted to open up January 1st and I started the restaurant like, I guess, in the middle of November and I got paid less than what I did for the Crown Royal Bar and it took me like four months worth of work because after January, I still had to go up there and do several things. So when I compare what I was doing last year to what I did, this week, which is work on the Crown Royal Bar, I'm getting a lot more for my money, for my time. And so if I can compare 14 to 13, I'm really happy about that. And hopefully this yeah. time next year, I'm getting paid a lot more for my time. So talk about, uh, you know, working for yourself. It's, you know, sometimes you got to take those jobs that don't pay very well because there's nothing else to do. So it wasn't like I had to do that restaurant job or this one, which one pays better. I had no other option. So I did this restaurant job for the budget that was offered. It's all they could do. And I made it work and it paid bills. But And then now I'm working for you know much bigger, more wealthier clients. And you know the money to them isn't as big of a deal. And it's a huge deal to me. Of course, every penny counts. So that's exciting. This year, I really made the, the t- determination that I need to move out of that shop. And that's another really uh, important goal for me going into 15. In fact, just the other day, uh, one of my fans on YouTube said, my family owns 30,000 square foot book factory in Middletown and it's for sale. You should go take a look at it. So Middletown is a town that's 70 miles north of New York City. So Taylor and I went this week and looked at it. And wow. I, I love it. I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to buy it just because, you know, if anybody's ever dealt with getting a mortgage, it's 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 like hell. It's the biggest nightmare. Um, so I would have to do all that again. And I'm just not looking forward to that process. Uh, so Taylor and I kind of weighed the options and, you know, we decided to stay back on track with building a barn on the property that I already own. So, but it just won't be as fast. And that's, that's the big problem. But mm. I just got to deal with it. But uh, just to talk about this cool old factory that I looked at. It's 30,000 square feet. It encompasses three buildings. It's $150,000, which is really cheap. And it was made in 1900, and it looks like the set for Saw 10. It's <laughs> incredible. It's <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> oh, I, would, I said to Taylor, this is crazy. And, and we were able to break in. The place has been abandoned for like 15 years. And we were able to break in and, and walk around inside with a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. Taylor was literally like right behind me. Like every, if I walked two feet fast, she's like, where are you going? Get over here. Cause it was total blackness. And, uh, you know, I was expecting to see a skeleton nailed to the wall, 
but it was really cool building. I, I don't know. That conversation's not totally dead yet, but um, the only thing that really turns me off is having to like, change my whole circle of activity because right now I'm, I'm either in New York or I'm in Greene County and uh, we have that pretty mapped out. This would have to be a completely – it's actually in the vicinity of the Orange County Chopper guys, if everybody mm-hmm. knows them in the world. They're like right in the neighborhood somewhere. Um, thinking about uh, – I'm, ha- I'm very happy with the results of YouTube. Uh, that I've been getting, I've been getting uh, uh, lots of followers and lots of hits. And, um, you know, people ask me about TV all the time. And my comparison of my television experience to my YouTube experience and YouTube is much more rewarding because it's just me. And uh, one thing I've learned this year is that even small videos can make an impact. And, uh, you know, a lot of time Dave reminds me, Hey, why don't you make a video of that? And you know, where in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be exciting. But then once I do the video, I realize, like, wow, there's lots of small things that I wouldn't even have planned on putting in the video. If, if I thought about doing this, you know, so many little tips and tricks come up while I work that I don't even, it's hard for me to plan. You know, I'm just, I'm so used to doing some of these things my whole life. And, uh, so making a video about any silly, dumb thing, you know, try and make it a cohesive story. Like if, if my workshop was a newsroom, I always say to Dave, what's the story? How do we make sure that it's like, you know, beginning, middle and end? And uh, so once we figure that out, I get right into it. And so right now on my computer, I have about five videos that I started that I'm still waiting to finish. So that's exciting. You know, I go from sometimes having no videos to having five half completed on my computer. And so that's good. I have uh, two right now on my YouTube that are on private. I'm just waiting for people to sign off on them that I can make them public. So uh, I'm really in a groove with YouTube, and I'm happy about that. And uh, my my intentions for TV are, are waning more and more, and I'm not really that interested uh, in trying to get back on TV. The only thing about TV is just you have an instant audience, a much bigger audience, or at least it seems that way. But YouTube is a long, slow, steady rise, and, and I'm comfortable with it, and I'm I'm becoming more acclimated to it as opposed to like trying to make the Grand Slam out of the park TV show. Because I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I mean, the TV... The type of TV show that I want to do never seems to be in the conversation with the people I meet. They all want this ensemble of crazy characters. You know, the, 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 you know, the thing that everybody knows the TV is, is, is all about. And in fact, uh, you know, thinking of you two guys, we had conversations about television. And uh, I turned off my cable in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so now I don't have Discovery Channel. I don't have History Channel or A&E anymore to watch, which is good because so the TV. I think that's all three of us don't have cable, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I it's I tweeted a couple weeks ago. Someone said, "When are you going to get back on Discovery Channel?" I said, "I don't have Discovery Channel anymore, and I'm on YouTube now, and you know that's the future." And I think we're all here at a good time. It seems like it. You know, the wave is really going. To put you on the spot, if I can. Yeah. I know you've had TV show ideas. Have you ever thought about trying to get a crew together and just making it for YouTube? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have a TV show. I have a brand new TV concept for a television show that I've pitched a few times. I've actually uh, pitched it with my friend Nick Offerman, and he liked the idea, but he doesn't have time to do it. And, you know, he said one day when things change, I'll, but that, I'm not going to wait for that. Um, I have an idea. It's, it has less to do with woodshop and working and more to do with problem solving. And me and my good buddy Bobby, we planned on trying to shoot an episode of it in March in Louisville. So it's 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 just, I don't want to talk about it because you know until I can say hey the video's up this week. So that's going to strictly be for my YouTube channel. They're going to try and do like a 20-minute episode every couple of months. And it encompasses a couple of things I love, problem solving and uh, collecting old cars. 
So sweet. That's, awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to just, you know, nurture my YouTube channel as like a small network and see if I can put up a couple of different episodes every few months. But of course, the woodshop stuff is just going to always be once a week, once every two weeks. And then make channel is always going to be there. As long as they had me, I'll be on there. And, uh, yeah. So it's, unless something super special comes along with TV, you know, every phone call I get from a producer just is going to be a dead end. I know it because they all have the worst ideas and you know, the TV business is just full of extremely uncreative people that accidentally get successful. Hmm. <laughs> so we've all had good experiences in, in 14, right? The stuff's been growing for all of us. Things have been going, but not everything is good. So I'm curious if you guys can find one thing in the last year, maybe professional. Let's leave it at that. One professional thing that has just gone the way that you really didn't want it to go. Because I think there's a lot of value in like yeah, you know, finding, learning, finding the screw-ups. Yeah, for sure. Um, don't promise somebody something <laughs> and then try and deliver it 18 months later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding that I took a down payment, a very big down payment for a job. And the client was the architects. I work with these guys. They're friends and I really like them a lot. And their client changed his mind after I got this big down payment. And I was just one piece of this giant puzzle. I wasn't, wasn't the job. They were on there all waiting for me. I was just one of like, you know, five subcontractors. And so I found out I had months, months and months, literally a year went by. And then all of a sudden the phone rang and they go, hey, remember that project? You have to deliver right now. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm in the middle of 500 other things. And they said, well, you know. Anyway, so right now I'm in the process of peeling away the end of that job. I did the beginning of it which was a nightmare because I did it between 500 other things. And so now I'm trying to, one of the guys that I hang around with in my shop who hangs around in my shop, he might finish up the job for me. And everyone's at the moment is happy, but that's just the one thing that's weighing on my mind is when you have one of those jobs that just hangs around and doesn't go anywhere. And like, I think I have an easy week and then I'm like, Oh wait, I have to build this giant complex thing off of architect drawings and deliver it to the six story building. Mm. So, I mean, I, I just got to be more careful when I see a big down payment and I'm like excited to say yes when the product isn't even designed yet. So I'm yeah. going to try and be more cautious to accept money when things aren't finished, being thought through. That's, I guess that's the bigger point I just rambled on about. That, that's tough. I mean, I know that you're, you're not talking about ad agencies or you know, the marketing people, mm-hmm. but I've, and David, you're probably the same way, I've dealt with uh, those type of agencies a lot and you guys both have too. And there's a lot of flux in their projects. There's a lot of, you know, room for things to change last minute. And almost every time I've done physical work, you know, building something for an ad agency, some sort of campaign, it comes down to the very last minute and there's changes coming in. Well, uh, you want to hear something funny on that subject? Sorry to cut you off. Um, Dave and I packed up the Crown Royal Bar into the six boxes and, you know, we were all ready to go getting ready. Well, we had to pack that last one on the sidewalk. It was the day before and I got an email from the the art director and he said, okay, the the color scheme is finalized on the bar. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) And I opened the email and I I looked at it. I was like, okay. They wanted purple on a lot of accents on the bar. A lot of that trim, that crown molding that's in the video, they wanted it to literally be painted purple. Hmm. And... I looked at it and, and I said, I don't think it should be painted purple. And I have a perfectly good excuse. Like, I wrote back to my art director. He's a nice guy. I have no problems with him at all. 
And I said, hey, dude, the, um, you know, everything's in a box. I, I could paint it on the spot, but my honest opinion is I don't think it should be painted. And he said, all right, well, he was good about it. He goes, well, let's just take a look at it tomorrow. But there was that few minutes of like, oh, my God, are we going to have to yeah. unpack everything and start painting colors that are going to ruin the beautiful you know, finish on this thing? Yeah. Anyway, I said, let's live it. Let's, let's see it in this one spot. If, if need be, we'll set it up in the, the warehouse and we'll do it there. And so I'm just waiting for that conversation to happen. As of now, it hasn't happened, thankfully. Mm. So I worked for an ad agency for nine years, and it seems like it's not a successful project unless things were on fire at the end. And there were <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like everything was like an emergency and the fire had to be put out. And, yeah. and at that last second when it's complete or when the trade show happens or when the website launches or whatever, that's when you, you, like, you step back and like, ah, oh, that was a great project. You know, when you when you step away from that, you're like, whoa, we don't we we don't have to work that way. Not everything has to be a last second change. Man, I I know exactly where you're coming from. Well, you want to hear a funny thing? I, I showed up at the, the delivery of the Crown Royal Bar and we got it set up and all the lights worked and, you know, only one light bulb broke in transit when we were, they were able to send somebody out to buy a new one. And uh, I turned to the, the woman, my my contact person there who was not integrally involved in the design of the whole thing. She was really there to facilitate the delivery and everything else on their end. And I said, I go, where are the posters? And she was, what posters? I said, you see those two big frames? I was told they were going to be posters here for me. She said, Oh my God. And the show that we were there for literally was starting in 45 minutes. She freaked out, made a bunch of phone calls and said, the posters will be here in an hour. And we waited, David and I, because I wanted the final money shot of the thing with the posters in it. I didn't know what they were going to be. I saw them on the original drawing um, and I assumed they were going to be those. And the posters never showed up and I had to leave. I mean, I said, I got to go. I can't wait around. And there was an assistant there and I told the assistant how to put the posters in. And the next day I had school. So Dave went there at eight in the morning to just help them pack it to make sure they packed it correctly. And he said they, they put the posters in very badly. <laughs> so I never saw a picture. He said they were, he saw them like at the very last moment before they pulled the frames off and started to pack everything. So I never did see it. And he said he never had a chance to take a picture of it. He just said mm. they, they put the, the paper on and then jammed the frames over the paper as opposed to cutting it to fit underneath the frame. Oh, man. So they, they jammed like they basically put the, the paper over, jammed it and then like tore away what was hanging out. <laughs> Something to the fact. Aren't you, gl- aren't you glad you didn't see it then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Well, if I was there, I'm sure I would have been able to quickly make it look better. But, uh, you know, the annoying thing was I never got a good, beautiful shot of it. But I anticipate helping set it up somewhere else one day and with the right branding. Going back to Bob's question about what didn't you see coming or things that didn't go as expected. And my my channel had this like crazy rapid growth, uh, like spring, early summer. And then I quit my job. And then all of a sudden that that crazy rapid growth kind of stopped and i just i just kind of assume like okay i'm gonna quit my job i'm gonna put more time into this and the money is just gonna flow right in i don't you know, <laughs> you know like like the the ad revenue is going to increase sponsors are going to be knocking on the door and that didn't happen right away and so i wasn't ever scared or worried but i was kind of like okay i can't count on uh these other these other things I can't count on just sponsors knocking on the door. So I started making um, more PDF plans and, and stuff and figuring out other ways 
to make money. So I didn't really have any disasters or anything that didn't go completely wrong. I just kind of thought that it would just be uh, an easier rollout into the, the new life. But I kind of had to make some last second changes and all, all is good. Well, it's funny, uh, on a similar subject, somebody said like, you know, what's it like doing TV? You think you're going to do a TV show and then the phone calls, Home Depot is going to call you and take you out to dinner the next day. That happened to me five times and that never happened. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's why I say YouTube is just a long, slow, steady growth. And, and it's, it's, it's more uh, in line of like keeping things stable and easy. So Bob, turn the question on to yourself. What, what about you? You know, it's funny. I asked that and I feel like I probably should have had a really good answer, you know, in the, in the chamber for it, but I don't. Um, I I don't know. I've learned a whole lot of stuff um, about myself over the last year and a lot of it's just due to, you know, creating stuff and putting it out there. And I know when a lot of content creators talk about comments specifically on YouTube, you know, there's there's usually people that really care about it and people that really don't care about it. And that's, that's a generalization, but a lot of people are very just like, yeah, I just delete the bad comments and I don't worry about them. And then to me, I, I've had a hard time doing that. And I may be opening myself up here to more of that negativity. I don't know. But I um, I really value communication with people on you know in these communities that we're a part of. And, you know... Overall, it's amazing. I mean, people are super positive, encouraging, and all that stuff. On occasion, though, some of the negativity that does creep in, um, it's it's had a bigger effect on me than I expected it to, honestly. Because I don't really, you know, I don't, I'm not a person that cares too much about what people think of them. You know, I, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I know what I'm doing, and I'm very confident in that stuff. So I don't need the approval of people. But I, I, I was surprised at how a certain amount of negativity, you know, in regards to the stuff that I've created that's done purely for like the benefit of other people. Well, I don't say purely. That's, I don't mean it that way. I mean, my goal is to teach people, right? To encourage people, to open people up to realizing that they're more, more capable than they realize. And with that goal in mind to get some like attacking negative feedback, it, I guess it just caught me off guard honestly. But that type of stuff, and and maybe my skin is not quite as thick as everybody else's, you know, people can just like let it roll off their back. But I don't know. I I think that was like the biggest, um, that's not really a problem or anything. It's just an observation about something I didn't expect, you know, Mm -hmm. when all this, all this positivity and all this growth is happening and all this amazing opportunities is happening and all this stuff. And then it gets tempered with like, just a very small amount of, you know, some moron with a wet diaper. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I I think overall, I was just really surprised at how much that stuff got to me. And, you know, I'm learning to not let it get to me as much. I'm trying to. Well, you know what I I, I find and uh, maybe uh, Dave, you could also uh, include how you might handle it. I, I, when somebody says something negative, I just immediately like say like, what's wrong with you? Why are you being so mean? And then they immediately go back, oh, I'm a big fan. I'm sorry. I just, uh, I'm like, why? Like, you know, it's like calling out the kid in the, you know, the disruptive kid in the class and say, what's the matter? What's wrong with you? Instead <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> instead of like being, you know, you SOB, go jump in the lake. I just immediately answer back with like a very reasonable 
Why why do you have to be so negative? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that's it's hard to give advice because it affects everybody differently. Like I see a bad comment and ninety five percent of the time I'm just like, ha, that's hilarious. This this guy's got problems. And yeah. and I think ah whatever. And sometimes I'll reply back and I'll I'll, I'll be kind of a jerk. And then 45 minutes go by. I'm like, okay, I'm going to delete my comment and his comment. Cause that, I, I, I did that too. <laughs> yeah. Only, only a couple of times has it really gotten to me. And, and that's been when somebody says, Oh, you're the drunken woodworker. You, you, you make fun of alcoholism and you are putting people in danger. And that's when like, no, you don't, you don't, obviously you didn't watch the videos or you don't get what I do. That's I'm crazy about safety. So uh, every, everybody handles that difference. I don't. I don't think there's good advice that you can give to somebody else because you just have to kind of learn to deal with it and learn that sometimes when somebody makes a comment on YouTube or on your website, tone is lost, and yeah. so you yeah. don't know if like ah oh, they're saying it in a ha ha funny way or if they've had a bad day or whatever. So it's you, you know you you can ignore it, but. Sometimes, like, oh, you're trying to go to sleep, and you're thinking about that stupid comment that why would any why would anybody say that? And it's tough, and I, yeah. and I think it's just one of those things that you get better at at it. Yeah. And um, Steve Ramsey actually handles it really good. Where uh, I believe he says he will respond to comments for the first hour after posting a video, and then he doesn't read any of the comments after that. And because he knows that the the uh, the first hour, that's his core fans, mm. and you know they're going to be the, the the people saying good job or, or giving like actual good responses to his videos. So, yeah, I recently about the time that I was I was dealing with a lot of that, and I was trying to figure out how to internally process it. Right, you know, I don't want to let it get to me, but I also don't want to be hard to the point to where I don't care about people's response, you know, because some, some negative response is actually valuable. But anyway, so in part of trying to figure that out, I, I listened to another podcast called uh, Back to Work. And if you guys have never heard of Back to Work, it's really funny and at the same time really insightful. Um, it's, it's pretty... Hot Dogs Ladies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's his actual name? Merlin Mann. I've He's been, a funny dude. I could just hang out with that dude. I could tell. So anyway, he made a point at one point, and he was talking about he may have been talking about podcasting. I don't I don't remember exactly, but he made some comment to the effect of you know when you get this negative feedback, when you the stuff that's not helpful, the stuff that's just hateful, the stuff that's just aggressive, you have to remember that those people are not your audience. Your audience are the people that you're trying to reach that that are affected in a positive way by what you're doing. That person was not affected in a positive way by what you were doing. And that may be your problem. That may be their problem. But the point of the thing is that's not who you're trying to target. That's not yeah. who you're trying to help. And as soon as I heard that, that was like a light switch, you know, in my brain going, oh, I don't have to be what I want to be to every audience member. And I think that was like a kind of letting myself off the hook, you know, like it's okay if this person doesn't get what I do, doesn't like yeah. what I do, because they're not the person that I'm trying to reach. And I don't know, that that had a pretty big impact on me. I just that's a, being, a really being able to point. frame it, frame it that way, you know. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And Steve Ramsey and I once had a, a conversation uh, privately uh, through email, and he, he basically said something similar to me where, you know, 
if they're not your fans anyway, so it doesn't matter yeah. what they think. And uh, it was a good point. I, I, if somebody just gets to me, like sometimes people just really like get at me, and and I try to just delete them. I mean, I remember Jay said that too. Jay Bates said just delete them, and mm-hmm. and I try and keep that as much as possible. Once in a while, though, and Taylor sees me. She sees she could tell like when I'm fiddling at the computer, she knows what I'm up to. She's like, don't answer him, just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. It's the safest way, probably. Well, we don't have to dwell on that too long. But yeah. I I think that's for me, that was a big thing, a big negative thing that I wasn't expecting. But also coming to that realization about, you know, who my audience is. No matter what you're creating, I think that same principle applies whether you're, you know, writing a book or doing web stuff or doing podcasting or whatever it is, you have a certain type of people, group of people that you're trying to reach. And the other people that are not in that group are just not worth, you know, the, their displeasure is not worth your concern. And so I think that was good. But anyway, so let's, let's move on. Let's go to looking ahead. Um, David, 2015, what are you looking forward to? What's going to happen? What are you, you know, where are you going? I am a true believer in, always believing that you uh, need to learn something new. You need to expand on your knowledge and what you do. So two things that I really want to get into. Uh, one is welding and something I want to incorporate into my woodworking, like table legs and stuff. Yeah. And I can't do that until the spring because I didn't know anything about welding until a couple weeks ago. And I realized I can't do it in my basement. So I got to wait until it warms up and I can clean out the garage and I can, I can do it out there. And then I want to also get into some basic electronics. I don't even know what I want to do with electronics. I just want to know. I just want to have that knowledge so I can apply it to potential projects or solve potential problems. Yeah. And, have you ever made a lamp? Uh funny you say that uh we're the three of us started a collaboration project (laughs) (laughs) did did we all start really (laughs) i didn't i know i did but uh my project was a lamp and i have all the the parts for it but it was like i bought the socket and the 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 wire itself and um and and the switch um we'll we'll talk about that in a future podcast when we progress with that so um I thought we have the kind of the um, we don't have curtains. We have blinds in the house where you have to turn the rod like fifteen times for the blinds to open. I thought, what if they were all hooked up like like Bob's dust collection system, where you hit a button and all the blinds in the living room open at at one time? Oh, right on. And it's it's not a necessary project, but it's 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 something to uh, you know it's a problem. It's not really a problem, but it's, it's something that I, it's, a it's, it's a goal. It's a goal. Yeah, it's a need. And so maybe that's one of the first projects that I do. So I got, I got an idea. Great. You can take it one step further. Hit Give me. you something else to learn. Yeah. A uh, photo sensor that detects whether the sun is out outside. Opens oh. and closes them automatically with the sun. Ooh. See, I like this. Ooh. And this is why I do the podcast with you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just want to expand my knowledge and also, of course, uh, expand the the viewers and the followers and try to reach out more. So just the, the natural growth stuff. So, yeah. Jimmy, what about you, 2015? Well, one of my biggest goal right now is to try and find a new space to work in. And, and it's likely going to be something that I build on my property, which is something I've obviously talked about 
So that's that's definitely one of the goals in 15 is to try and find a new space to work in. And I really feel that once I have a space to work in, I could expand a lot. Just like an animal in a small cage, when you put an animal free range, I think he could do a lot. And, and mm. that's what I really feel like I'll be able to do. And uh, I'm really thinking about getting a laser. And that's really something that I want to work on. I've been doing some research and looking at other people online. And I follow a couple of people on Instagram that, that have a laser. And they basically make a whole career just with one laser. And you could basically build a whole business. And if I had it, it would just be a supplement to my business. But um, I really feel strongly uh, about it. And just getting more into the digital fabrication and being able to build anything at any time, hmm. you know, in any, in any capacity. And that's really, you know, 2015. That's what it looks like for me. New space, new laser. Bob, I wish I had a laser in my future. That would be awesome. But <laughs> I don't. I have so many exciting things for 2015. I am just truly excited about possibilities. I, I think my goals, and you know, we talked about goals before, but, but one of the things I really am planning on and I hope works out is is trying to figure out a um, maybe a dangerous thing to say, but a, a different balance between my day job and my YouTube web stuff. Um, I, I want to figure out how to do this more, you know, like I would, I would love for us to be able to have the capacity and have the reason to do this show more often. You know, I would love to be able to do videos more often. I would love, you know, all that stuff. And I think those things are possible, but, uh, for my life and the amount of stuff that is in it, uh, for that to work, I just have to really, like, I have to make that happen. You know, that stuff's not going to happen on its own. So 15 is, I think going to be a lot of me setting up my structures and getting my, you know, just making, making stuff the way that I want to make it. I like, I have a lot of other types of videos that I would like to be able to do, but I know that if I were doing them instead of project videos, then, you know, my, the expectation on my channel now would change. I want to be able to add those, not replace what I currently have with them. So hopefully 2015 will give me the freedom to hone things and add things and do more of the things that I'm already doing. Oh, speaking about videos, sorry to cut you off, but uh, one of the things I, I, I wrote down and I forgot to mention is at 15, I want to start my, my tips, my, my tips on my videos. So you're talking about trying to introduce some new videos. That's something I want to do is uh, I have my book of ideas that I think I might have talked about on the brain pick and I haven't shot any of those yet. And David and I have been talking about how to shoot those. So that's something I want to work on. Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have so much to learn from both of you. So just to hear what you guys got going on in the future is pretty, pretty darn inspiring because we all three come from different backgrounds. And I think, we, you know, we can we we learn from each other. And, and as we're doing this, we're sharing it with everybody else. So right on. it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I no can't doubt. wait to watch you weld something. I'm excited to see what you weld. Yeah, the 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 plan is the very first time I ever try to weld something will be on camera. So even if it's a, <laughs> even if it's a complete failure, so <laughs> it's still going to go up on YouTube. So it won't be a failure. It'll just be a step towards learning how to do it right. That's all. I like I like your attitude. Yeah, <laughs> Bob, are you going to weld too? Did you get involved in welding in any way? Um, I mean, I've done some in the past, um, and I would like to. I have a welder. 
Right um, I w- yeah, I definitely want to. It's just on my list. Of- oh, and another goal, and that just leads me to another goal for or a thing that I definitely want to accomplish. I'm going to build my arcade machine. My arcade cabinet is going to happen. <laughs> so I, That arcade machine has been on my to-do list for about five years, even before I got into woodworking. Um, yeah. And I think we've talked about this before. Uh, but you wanted to take a more advanced approach where I was going to buy the XRK controller and then mm-hmm. use a PC and and just build the the cabinet. But you actually want to build the controller, correct? Yeah, it's already done. I've got oh. um, yeah, I've got two blog posts on my site that show the entire process. It's a Raspberry Pi as the brain, and you know it does all the computation because it's way more powerful than any of those machines were back in the day. Yeah, and um, and then yeah, I just bought joysticks and you know LED lit up buttons and wired it all together and it, it's surprisingly easy to do it that way and I, I don't know that it's any cheaper to do it that way than to do it you know like by just buying a usb controller or anything but um i'm going to be able to lay out the control boards exactly how i want them and uh you know i plan on using my cnc to to route some cool stuff around the controls and maybe inlay some el wire like the light up wire and you know i mean i've got tons of Tons of stuff that I want to add to it. So that's part of why it's taken me so long because I keep looking at it and going, oh, well, wait, I could have it, you know, the cabinet could react to you when you walk up. <laughs> and, oh, it could, you know, it could act differently if my kids walk up versus when I walk up or, you know, that type of thing. So there's there's one side that's really, really simple. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like doing facial recognition and playing different games when you walk up or like, you know, my kids have to put in coins and, you know. <laughs> Oh wow! It goes crazy. So yeah. And uh, as far as the games on there, are you are you thinking eighties arcade games or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It, it you know the Raspberry Pi is a cool computer for what it's doing, but it's not terribly powerful. So its processor, at least the one that I have, which is not the newest one, um, is capable of running. I think every all the systems up to a PS one. So it'll do like Super Nintendo, you know, all those. So. Anything lower, older than that, it can definitely run. Any of the big console, you know, the the actual cabinet games that you would have played in the arcade. Um, yeah, it runs all those really well. Awesome. And I, ha- I had it set up at Maker Fair and this last year, and it was full the entire time. Kids, <laughs> you know, kids, for adults like my age would come up and like bring their kids and they would just be like smiling, watching their kids playing, you know, Mario or, you know, Galaxia or whatever it was. And, and the kids are just like, what is this game? I've never seen these things before, you know, these like old 80s games. And um, so I was really blown away at how much interest there was in that that system, which gave me even more interest to make a video about it. Because I think a lot of people don't know about the blog posts that I have that explain the electronics process. So oh, wow. hopefully the, uh, you know, video building the cabinets will kind of draw some people back to that. I'm totally lost when it comes to electronics. I'll leave it up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could buy her a lamp, obviously, but that's about the end of it for me. Yeah, it's just one of those things you could learn if you wanted to, you know, if if you yeah. if it was valuable to you, for sure. Yeah. No, no, there'll be a project one day. I, I started with a Arduino, and uh, I didn't get too far with it, but I was able to, you know, do the blinking light and a couple things. And there'll be a day when I'm going to need it, and I'm just going to go right back to it. You know, I had... A couple hours. Yeah, yeah. The first time I bought an Arduino when they first came out, because I was just really interested, and it sat on my shelf for at least six months before I did anything with it. And um, 
I just couldn't think of a good idea. I didn't I didn't really want to waste my nights like making LEDs blink. It's, even though that's a necessary step. You know, I was just like, yeah. I need to have an idea. I need to I work better when I to learn things when I have an idea that I'm chasing and then I can yeah. you know, I can actually find what I need to know to make that thing happen. And so it took me a long time to even come up with an idea. And finally I did. And I was pursuing this idea and then I ended up building a wall. What I was going to do in my, my shop office room is a two car garage. You know, I had, it was open in the middle and there were these metal posts that went up floor to ceiling, you know, for supports. And so what I was going to do was mount a computer monitor on one of these posts and then use some infrared sensors on the top of it and build like a, a mount that could swivel uh, 360 to mount the TV. And so basically the TV would be looking around the room for <laughs> an infrared signal for a person, you know, to when, when it saw me, it would rotate itself around the pole to face me. And the idea there was that, you know, well, if I'm in the shop and I want to watch Netflix or I'm, you know, I'm shooting video and I need uh, the you know, video. They, they make that screen. now. They, there's, there's a device that's out now. Oh, I'm sure they do. But, you know, this was like, hey, I can do that with an Arduino. And actually, I, I prototyped it with the sensors and had it lighting LEDs to show, like, which way the rotation would happen and all that stuff. So, I mean, the concept was there and it, it was possible. And then I ended up building a wall right around that beam so I don't have the opportunity to use it anymore. But, you know, for me, that was it was one of those things where it sat there until I had a good idea. And then yeah. then I was able to you know, in two nights, write the code for it, figure out the wiring, and it was not a big deal. But That's cool. There's a, there's a tripod out now for, like, you know, the people that film themselves motorcycling and skateboarding and stuff, and the tripod head will follow you if you have the, the receiver uh, in your pocket. That's, that's a goal for 2015 is to get one of those. They're $400, Yeah, and I want one for the shop to follow me from, to, like, it's so, it looks so awesome. A yeah, former student of mine is the art director at that place. No, that's kidding. how I know about it. Yeah, he sent me an email, and in his email was that I forget what the name of the company is. I wish I knew it. Do we know what it is? It's funny. Bob and I just shared the link with each other a couple of days ago, and I, I I can't recall the name of the company. <laughs> well, it'll be in the show notes anyway. So yeah. my student John works there, and he's the art director. And since I saw his email, it's popped up in a, you know the beginning of a few YouTube movies as yeah. far as a commercial. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's a great device. Yeah, I think it's a, a that's a good spot to wrap it up for the night. Um, uh, we also wanted to announce a new thing that we're doing to get some support for the show. We found out pretty quickly that doing the show that it actually costs us money. <laughs> we have to host these files. And um, having you guys download them and listen to them is totally awesome, but it also costs us money. So we set up a Patreon page, which is a place that you can go and become a patron of the show. Basically, you commit to how much money you want to spend, a dollar or whatever, um, per episode, and then when we post a new episode at the end of the month, you get charged uh, however much you committed, you know, times each episode. So it's a great way for you to support us, and we also have some perks on there. So when you sign up at different levels, you get um, different acknowledgments. Like if you're a $5 contributor, then your name will be in the show notes for every episode that you support. If you're a $10 supporter, then we're going to say your name in the episode, and we're going to do that right now. I want to thank Nicholas Gomez. Joseph Munch, I'm not sure how to say your name, Andreas Eckberg, Charlie Grauer, and Colby Beam. Those guys are above and beyond awesome supporters. So thank you guys for supporting this episode 
of making it. And I'd like to, can I, can I just interrupt? I'd like to say yeah, thank you. Of course. Thank you to Charlie Grau, who is uh, one of my shop mates. And uh, you can check out his work at walkingwoundednewyorkcity.com. He's a good buddy of mine. Charlie, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll have a couple more in the show notes, too, for the $5 contributors. And just for the record, Joseph, he sent me an email earlier today on how to pronounce his last name. And okay. and uh, I don't actually have it in front of me right now. <laughs> but which, which, Joseph, I'm sorry, you are such a huge supporter of this show and everything i've done and i really appreciate what joseph has done this year so i promise the next time we're going to pronounce joseph's name right it's it's a hard it's a hard name to say so that's a goal for 2015 getting <laughs> joseph's last name right. yeah actually i'm looking at the calendar and we actually have one more show on december 31st which would be new year's eve so okay. i don't i don't know if we'll get a show uh recorded that day but uh We'll see. We'll see. We'll I'll be right. here. I'll be here, dude, too. So. All right. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And, Thank uh, you. As always, you guys are awesome, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks.